when he did attack, I was like, okay, there must be only 200 meters to go. So I followed and just went over top of him as if the line was only 50 meters away. And I dropped him, looked up, and then saw a sign that said 500 meters to go. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> everyone welcome to the fever talk podcast i'm magalie rochette and you know as a professional cyclist i've done i mean thousands and thousands of rides but if you ask me what is my most memorable ride whew, i mean i feel like there would be a lot of stories to tell either some adventure rides that turned to the nightmare or a ride where i met someone special that means a lot to me now um or a special race where I just felt so good. There will definitely be a lot of good stories. And this is what this podcast is about. I want to ask people the stories of their most memorable ride. Talking about memorable rides and memorable adventures, this podcast episode is brought to you by Hammerhead. Are you looking to upgrade your cycling game this year? Well, Hammerhead could be just what you need. Power, speed, and cadence are pretty standard information these days to have on your cycling computer. But what if your bike computer could also predict upcoming gradient changes or find you a coffee shop along your route? Whether you're a seasoned gravel rider, whether you're a world tour cyclist, whether you're trying to win big races or just commuting by e-bike to your work, the Hammerhead Karoo 2 could be your companion to see the road ahead. I have personally really enjoyed the climbing feature where you can see the upcoming climbs, the upcoming gradient, how long the climb is going to be, how steep it's going to be. It's been super helpful to me when trying to win races and pace myself accordingly. Whatever the type of cyclist you are, the Karutu can help you upgrade your cycling game this year. Right now, our listeners can get a free heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Hammerhead Karutu. Visit hammerhead.io right now and use promo code FEVER at checkout to get yours today. Okay, so um, we're talking this morning with Mike Woods, uh, Michael Woods, who's one of the most accomplished Canadian riders we've ever seen. I mean, Mike, you've won some stages on the Vuelta. You've won, uh, you've got third at the World Championships, fifth at the Olympics. I mean, we could go on with with crazy race results forever um how are how are you doing mike um i'm doing great i'm actually on the massage table right now in uh, the oh Netherlands. really that's yeah, the best. yeah getting uh getting a massage from my swan year john adams he's uh canadian great guy cool. and uh yeah he goes to all the races with me he's my man and uh yeah uh ready for my first uh Ardennes classic classic of the season doing amstel gold on sunday Super fun. I mean, shout out to John Adams and 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 thank you uh thank you for for being with us on this podcast. So, Mike, what <laughs> I wanted to do with that is uh and it's fun because John's going to get to hear that most memorable ride as well, but uh I mean, I've mentioned a few of the craziest biggest races that you've won and that you've performed really well at. Uh, but sometimes the most memorable memorable ride can be something different. Like it could be the ride where you fell in love with cycling. It could be a ride where you met someone really special for you. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious. What what would be your most memorable ride? Um, can you could you tell us the story about about that one? Yeah, well, for sure, my most memorable ride was actually was in a bike race. It was uh, 
the first time I won, uh, uh, well, the first time I won, um, uh, at the world tour level, uh, I was at the Vuelta in 2018. Um, and yeah, it's a ride I'll, I'll never forget for a lot of reasons. Uh, yeah, it was just a, an incredible day. I was on great form, but also just the circumstances around it. Uh, it's, uh, one that I'll always remember. And can you can you set us up a little bit? So that was 2018. What? Uh, how many years had you been a pro back then? And how long had you been dreaming about about winning one a race on that stage? Like, and yeah, can you set us up? Like, as it had had you been close at that point, and that made it realistic for you to dream more about it? Um, like, what in what kind of headspace were you in, and what made it so special? Yeah, for sure. So there are a lot of circumstances that made it so special. Um, the first one being, like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't won a race yet and, uh, I'd been pro for two years. Um, I, I start, I turned pro in 2016 with Cannondale and, uh, I've been knocking on the door quite a bit. Uh, I finished third at a stage in down under my, my very first race, uh, in 2016. And then also second, uh, in, um, uh, Milano Torino in, in 2016 as well behind Miguel Angel Lopez. Uh, so yes, yeah, some close, close seconds. And even in that 2018 year, um, at the start of the, at the start of that, uh, that, that, that season, I was just really doing well, but just not finishing it off. I even had a really good ride in, uh, tour de Swiss, uh, where I, I was in the breakaway and dropped everybody and went solo for the last 20 K and Domenico Pozzo Vivo bridged across to me and, uh, made a deal with me. He said, if you ride, I'll give you the win. And oh I, I thought that was going to be the day where I was going to win. And I was riding over this plateau after this big climb. And all of a sudden these big storm clouds rolled in It just started pissing rain. And we had an AK descent to the finish. And I was such a bad descender at that time. And, uh, I was still like just learning how to descend in Europe. And I, he didn't drop me. I just couldn't hold his wheel and I got dropped. And, oh. <laughs> uh, had a one. So I, I, I just had it, I knocked on the door a lot, but, yeah. uh, hadn't, hadn't won anything. And then, uh, yeah, I, I did the, I did the Giro d'Italia that year and, uh, was, was having a good season and, uh, was also expecting the birth of our first son Hunter. And I came back from the Giro, was really excited to witness his birth and, and he passed away. He died. And, uh, uh, it was a really, yeah, the hardest hardest moment in my life um watching that happen and it was uh so hard to see my wife go through that as well and um it really shook shook up shook me up and i i wasn't sure what i was going to do for the rest of the season whether i'd even just take the season off um but after a few days of reflection and spending time with ellie we i decided to start training and really we 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 made this kind of commitment to each other that um i would whatever we did in life we'd do it to its fullest because we had this had this amazing opportunity we, and we realized that our son did it and so uh after after that conversation we, we i just yep. started training super hard and preparing for what was going to be uh my next grand tour of the year the Volta. and that's i mean I'm really sorry to, to hear about about that loss, and it's such a it's such an inspiring story, though, because I think, and you guys have been strong through that, because I think sometimes when something very emotional like that happen, it can have the 
the total opposite effect. Like I feel sometimes if I'm super emotionally drained and just struggling in that sense, I struggle to push my body in training as much. Um, but it's it's really interesting how you were able to use that to power you, like to make you even even in, even better and maybe maybe go even deeper or, or further in your in your um, training and, and racing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there uh, uh, emotion like emotional uh, stresses certainly impact me in my training. But um, I was really lucky to have a good team, uh, and uh, the team told me you know take as much time as you need and that gave me the headspace to you know like take a break uh and then also start training again get get motivated again and uh yeah i just trained the house down and was was flying by the time i went to the vuelta in 2018 and and uh yeah just uh started building really well and the the race was going pretty good and then that most memorable ride came on uh, stage uh, uh, 18 of the, of the race, I, I got in the breakaway, managed to get in the breakaway, and was there with Simon Clark, my teammate, and he mm-hmm. he really ushered me through the race. He's uh, always been a really uh, great teammate, and he just helped me help manage the breakaway really well because it was a big breakaway with a lot of great riders. Vincenzo Nibali was there, and Rafa Micah, Dylan Toons, um, oh. among other others, really strong riders. And I finished on this climb in the Basque country that was just super steep that really suited me. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, once I got on that climb, I just felt so good. And I was, I was hard to keep my powder dry. It was hard to stay relaxed and not try and attack early, but I managed to, um, yeah, just stay calm. And, uh, finally with, uh, 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 about one and a half, one K to go on the climb. Dylan Toons, now I'm a teammate of mine, but uh, at the time he was riding for BMC, attacked and he attacked so hard that I just assumed we were uh, right going into the finish. Like there's only like 150, 200 meters left in the race. Wow. Um, it, but it was, so, it was so cloudy. One of the reasons why I, I assumed like there's only 200 meters left in the race is because it, so, it was so misty, so cloudy uh, that you couldn't see the signposts. You can see how much, how much distance was left in the climb. And so I, I really lost where I was. And when, when he did attack, I was like, okay, there must be only 200 meters to go. So I followed and just went over top of him as if the line was only 50 meters away. And I dropped him, looked up, and then saw a sign that said 500 meters to go. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and it wasn't like, a, it wasn't flat. This was like the last 500 meters was probably 15%. It was, it oh was my so gosh, it's steep. a long 500 meters. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like it was going to be over in, in a minute. This was like going to take another two minutes to get up. And uh, I died a thousand deaths. I was like all over the road. Uh, my legs were, were locking up. And in that moment, I even like tried to count down the set. Like my, my rate, my, my director came on the radio and said, uh, Mike, just, just count down to 30. And I can't, I literally in my head counted down to 30 and looked up and saw 200 meters to go. Like it was still, I still oh had God. 200 left and, and I started looking back and I could see Dylan tunes coming back on me a bit. And, uh, the reason why I'll always remember this race is just because after that, my director came back on the radio one my garage, who was, uh, an amazing director for me at EF and an amazing um, mentor. 
a uh, guy who did 26 grand tours in his career and a uh, person that like uh, really um, wasn't the f- physically the most gifted rider, but really cerebral. And he was able to uh, get the most out of himself. And he transferred that over into a director's role and really uh, was great at doing that as a director to getting in the head of another rider and, and just mm-hmm. motivating him in the right ways. And he came on the radio and said, like, do it for your family, do it for your family. Cause he'd wow. known what had happened with, with Hunter. He knew that I wanted to get this win so badly. He was even in the car when I uh, made, when Domenico Pozzo Vivo said, I'll, I'll ride with you to the finish. I'll, I'll give you the win if you ride. And yeah. <laughs> uh, saw, saw me lose it. So he, he knew all these circumstances, knew all these things. And when he said that, I just got tunnel vision and I, I dug extra deep and, and was able to, to hold off Dylan and get my first win in, in the world tour. Wow. I mean, it definitely is. It's such a cool story. Thank you. Thank you for letting us into your your world and your head on that special day. I mean, it turns out in the end, it's probably cool that the first win was this one and not uh, not given a few months earlier by Domenico Pozzovivo. So it, it turned out pretty good, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Uh, th- I mean, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. I mean, you're you're making me dream this morning, and hopefully, it does the same for uh, for the people that are listening to us, and and hopefully for John Adams, who's also been part of this discussion. So. <laughs> yeah. He's smiling right now. On the, he's smiling right now. He's just giving me a massage. So yeah, yeah he, he enjoyed it. I think. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your massage and mostly, I mean, best of success, best, best of luck um, in the in the classics that are coming up. Um, we we wish you a lot of other more memorable rides. So, yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having cool. me. Thanks again to Hammerhead for bringing us these awesome stories. Don't forget that you can use the promo code FEVER. With that, you'll get a free heart rate monitor with your purchase of a Carew 2. So go to hammerhead.io today, add both items to your cart, and use promo code FEVER. Thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Mike Woods for sharing that memorable story. And I hope that these great stories will make you excited to plan your next memorable adventures. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.